The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey and Tron Layden because he's been giving a lot of interviews lately. Lately, Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jonathan Dornbush. I'm your host for episode 578 of Beyond IGN's weekly PlayStation show. I am joined by Max Scoville. Happiness is a warm PlayStation 4. And Brian Altano. Your your intros are just like bizarre art at this point. I love it. That's what I'm going for. It's just really good. You didn't go with the Beatles off. motif? No. You couldn't do a Beatles thing? I don't care. Do a it's Beatles okay. thing. Hey, hey, we're the Beatles. People love the music we make. Good songs from the Beatles. While my PlayStation Vita gently weeps. Anyway, we have a lot to discuss this week because, as I mentioned, Sean Layden of Sony has been giving a lot of interviews. And just as we're recording, he actually finished up a keynote at DICE, uh, which is a yearly event that happens in Las Vegas that our good old Andrew Goldfarb and Joe Scrubbles are at. Rest in peace. Yes. Sad they'll never make it back. Um, There is actually a lot to go through. So not only did Layden give this keynote – but he has also given several interviews that look at currently like the state of PlayStation as it is and a little bit of future thought of where PlayStation will go. He didn't mention anything PS5 specific in an PS5? interview. He didn't Did he say confirm it. it's coming out soon? No. Can when we get the it? release date? I want to buy one. Tomorrow. Where is the PS5? <laughs> <laughs> You've already had it, Brian. No, I think it's cool that he's out there talking because uh, he's talking about what has worked for them and what hasn't worked for them. Yeah. And I think – through that, we can mine some ideas about where their direction might go from here. Yeah. So the first of like several topics that he's discussed I want to talk about were specifically him discussing why they're not at E3. Uh, and the long and short of it was so end of last year-ish, Sony announced that they were dropping out of E3 for the first time. They won't have any sort of major presence there. They won't have a press conference, which has been such an important staple of the show for the last few years especially. Uh, and in one of these recent interviews, Layden spoke to the fact of, hey, E3 has become a very different show. And back when we first started being a part of E3, it was about you know talking to journalists and talking to the people who are going to buy our games and put them in their stores, like the GameStops and the Targets and everything mm, in the world. Right. But he was like, we now have a yearly event, Destination PlayStation, uh, that goes on in February, where we talk to the people who are at Best Buys and Amazon and all that. So they already we're already having that discussion with them. And he was like, with journalists, news is now so twenty four seven with gaming that having a singular event be where all that news comes from doesn't make the most sense for them as a company right now. He's right. And I I think that's like a pretty frank, honest answer. Don't get me wrong. I think part of it is the stuff that they have is probably not ready for an E3 showing this year. You're right. (laughs) But um, I, I, I do think that makes sense. And I think we're seeing a very interesting turning point year for E3. How do you feel about it? E3 is kind of outdated in a lot of ways. I mean, we've talked to people who 
uh, used to work in on the press side of things or on the, the physical like printing press physical media side of things yeah uh and the way it worked then is people would go to e3 for a week and you it was back then it was i think it was three days long and you'd go there you'd see the press conferences you'd walk around the show floor you'd play a bunch of games and you'd go home and you'd spend the next month or so writing up articles and you'd put them in a magazine if there was too much to fit you'd break it out in the next month but it wasn't like get back to the war room and write up an article and get it up at two in the morning you know right. Which or, is kind of where we're at live now. stream exactly. from the show yeah. floor. And we've talked about this before. You just hinted at it. But yeah, E3 is predominantly – not predominantly, but the large focus of it is business guys who are way more handsome than all of us walking around in expensive suits going, Impossible. hey, uh, I'll take 10,000 anthems. You know, like They're basically like CEO guys at, at, at Walmart and they're walking around trying to you know check the pulse on this gamer thing. And then there's us being like – we want news. We want trade show. We want press conferences and all yeah. this stuff. Um, it is weird to see – and it still is weird to see one of the big three pull out of this show. Um, I think the fact that this announcement happened last year shows that it wasn't just them caught with their pants down. Like this is obviously – they came out of – they came out of E3 last year, rolled right past PSX without it happening, and then said – how do we want to approach 2019 in terms of our announcements? But so many companies aren't there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Rockstar, well, also, who just had the best-selling game of 2018, yeah. has not been at E3 in ages. E3 made a lot of sense before the internet, and it made uh, a lot of sense back when all the games would come out prior to Christmas because people only got video games around the holiday season when they were sort of glorified toys. But we're at a point now where they're competing with like with movie releases, yeah. And it's it's a huge thing. And also, if you can, I mean, we're going to talk about this, but Apex Legends, you can just. Flip a thing on and go, hey, this game's out. Check it out. It's out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and it becomes the biggest game out there, you know? I forget which CEO it was. It maybe was either HBO or Netflix, but they said our biggest competitor aren't the other streaming services. It's Fortnite. Like, right. we're in such a different entertainment landscape. And Layden had mentioned specifically about E3. He said the world has changed, but E3 hasn't necessarily changed with it. Uh, and he pointed to the fact of he's on the ESA board. So, like, obviously he doesn't want E3 to fail. Of course. But not. it seems like it's becoming a very different show when mm-hmm. we have, like, these Coliseum panels and obviously the public is now coming into it. Do you guys see E3, whether more companies pull out or not, do you see it becoming a much more consumer-focused event? I think if the ESA had any idea what they were doing, they would pivot into being more of a Comic-Con for gamers. But they're still kind of hanging on to this this sort of like vestigial trade show identity. And at the same time, that sort of exclusivity. And I've talked to people who've who've gone to E3 as, as fans, as gamers, and they're like sort of like, this isn't really what I expected, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, sort of with the rise of press and influencers, I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of the sort of demos and stuff have almost been pulled back. They've gone behind closed doors. There's less swag, and then the ESA just kind of arbitrarily was like, "We are letting in twenty thousand fans. Come on in, everybody!" And everyone's like, "We weren't prepared for this." The show didn't really adapt, right? To that. Well, yeah, it wasn't right. given the chance. The Comic Con for gamers thinks is is perfect, yeah. and right now the closest we have to that is PAX. And which PAX should you go to? I don't know, the one closest to you, the one nearest to the time that you want to go to PAX. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to be there? Uh, maybe Days Gone, maybe Blizzard, mm-hmm. um, maybe the Oculus Rift, probably Discord. Who knows, right? Like yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, so, whereas E3, you're like, I know who's going to be there. Nintendo's going to be there. Sony's going to be there. EA's going to be uh, maybe in the parking lot now. Activision question mark. And Microsoft, instead of being on the show floor, they had Mixer there last yep. year. And yep. because they now own the Microsoft, formerly Nokia theater, they're using that as their space. Yeah. To say they don't also want to move. 
Well, it's also, I mean, I, I think that the smartest thing for E3 would be to change it to be a little more like Gamescom, where yeah. you have the business days and everyone comes in and does their business and it's, you know, there's not like fans running around, no offense. Uh, and then you open it up to the public and you have all these incredible huge installations and activations that have been built and you don't just rip them down. You actually let people go in and appreciate them. Yeah. It's not just a bunch of like, you know, haggard business people like rushing past being like, <laughs> right. I don't have time to talk to Urukai. Get out of here. I, I don't care about Shadow of Mordor right now. Or, no, that's you know. perfect. Yeah. Uh, TGS does the same thing on a much smaller scale where it's a small show floor they invite press in for a day everybody gets their homework done and then they leave and you don't you know it, not not saying that like it's harder to do your job when there's fans running around but honestly i think it, it's a worse show for the fans when there's a bunch of industry assholes mm-hmm. cutting you in line yeah mm-hmm. you know when you paid money to get in and some schmuck like me comes up with a hat and a, a pencil sticking out of it and a notebook and i'm like oh i'm how what brian wears at e3 exactly i love my hat <laughs> yeah. with a pencil in it it's actually at the top so it spins Ooh. um yeah, I like the press people getting in the way. I remember one year at E3 I went to the Nintendo booth and Nintendo let us cut Nintendo Power. <laughs> and I felt like the worst guy in the world because yeah. they were like, well, IGN, you know, you're you're huge. And Nintendo Power, you're a dying magazine. And I'm like, Nintendo Power is why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo Power is why I do what I do for yeah. a living. You know, because I got I, I open my mail once a month or once every two months back when I was a kid. And now we have that with influencers and streamers. Yeah. Yeah. Let them cut us. The cycle exactly. of life. It's good. It's but good. Uh, they're not giving us trifold posters that I can put on my wall. Every yeah. Time. And so I where that <sighs> show goes, I. I don't know. I do think it's kind of a shame that they just now started inviting the public back, but it's to a version that's like kind of gone gone the way of the dodo. It's like, a it's a half step show. Like you guys perfectly nailed it. I think we can see what the show could be to evolve. It can be that Comic Con, but they want they're not they're resisting. They don't mm-hmm. want to fully make that leap because of yeah. whatever risks are involved. Uh, but I don't know. I see potential in them making those. Yeah, I think that a major player like Sony pulling out is a pretty huge indication that this is a constantly changing landscape. And maybe this 25-year-old institution isn't necessarily what's driving the industry. The way to go. Yeah. So with Sony pulling out, though, of E3, how do you guys think they should adapt? Whether Obviously, we don't know if they're going to do a PSX this year. Do you see them doing anything like a Nintendo Direct or Inside Xbox? Like, Do you see them adapting that style? Do you think they should adapt that style? I would much prefer the former than the latter. I watched Inside mm-hmm. Xbox last week, and I was kind of baffled at how disconnected and rambly it was. Um, yeah. I-, I think that – no disrespect to the people making that product, but I think that it's like – it's doing a great – job of humanizing the people working on all things xbox but in terms of like a cohesive sort of rock solid presentation it's missing that um and it's 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 you know it's the same thing they that sony experimented with during their e3 show which felt like insider xbox it was this like half stage show half podcast interview setup and bouncing from set to set it was all over the place and completely incoherent whereas nintendo direct we didn't know that one was happening and then we found out that one is happening and now it's the big story of the week nintendo announced that this week we're getting one it's 35 minutes long mm-hmm. they gave you a little teaser about what they're focusing on they said fire emblem and switch stuff and i know that there won't be any technical hiccups in it because it's already shot and edited yeah. and produced yeah. and there's no audience reaction there's no like please be excited there's no like meme moments outside yeah, of like stuff like that that's i mean that they yeah. intend you know, there star, will be. star fox puppets or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll uh, take no, that any i think that it, that would be the smartest thing possible mm-hmm. i would love to see that so much i mean i think that you know greg and company were kind of funny did they doing the game showcase had mm-hmm. exactly the right idea that's the direction that things are going like why would you introduce like the live element when it doesn't need to be there yeah because yeah. yeah. if it's just a, a excuse for technical hip- hiccups when you could have this one Wonderful, like 
I don't know. It feels like a like what if it's like a it's almost like a movie length commercial, <laughs> and it's yeah. so like it's so thought out and so jam packed with stuff happening that you kind of forget you're just being sort of advertised to. Totally, right? But like that's what, kind of the, yeah. And so what I love about Nintendo Directs the most is the same thing I love about um, the the way we buy games digitally now is that it presents this ecosystem where something like Wargroove and Guacamelee 2 gets the same amount of like sort of pomp and flair as the last of us, which is awesome. I love that because it's, it's, it's the way where they can take a bunch of really cool indie games on PS4 or PS5, give them this like rock solid like moment and then go, Oh, and one more thing, Spider-Man 2. And all of that is in the same, is in the same block. And there's no, it doesn't cut to the audience and show some guy on his phone bored. Cause by the way, <laughs> everyone in that audience is on their phones or on their laptops because they're yeah. journalists. And that's what they're, so they're not even really paying attention. So cut all of that out, you know, just give us something that's like, yeah, in February, and, you know, or is it February. And then, <laughs> and then next February, give it have, to us now. have PSX at a time that makes sense. Yeah. You know, when there are a bunch of demos and, and like product builds ready to go and there's stuff to show off and there's a bunch of indie devs who can come together and be like, like PSX, when it's, when it, when it hits is just is a wonderful show totally. because it is focused enough that everyone there is like I I play on PlayStation Four maybe I have a PSVR maybe I have a Vita sorry if I have a Vita you know, <laughs> uh, you know it's it's all like it's all in one place there's and you 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 know you walk around you see people's like PSN names on their tags like that makes a ton of sense something as big and spread out as E3 or PAX or Comic Con is just sort of like. What do you what are you here for? What do you what do you like? Yeah. What's the you know, I mean Well, it's it's sort of like PSX last year was supposed to be in December, or that's when we thought it would be, because historically mm-hmm. that's when it's been. But that was coming off the, the tales of Spider Man and God of War that were out, known quantities. We were full on those things already. And then you talk to the people who are making Days Gone and uh Death Stranding and The Last of Us Two, and you're like, You got anything for us? And they're like, No, not yet. Yeah. Like Days Gone made its debut in America as a playable game at PAX South just a month ago. And Death Stranding, we haven't played yet. And oh. Last of Us 2, we haven't played yet. So what would PSX have been? Well, and so uh, in one of the interviews, Layden mentioned like their focus now is making bigger but fewer games right. on the first party side. So one of the things that they've been doing recently is to use the PlayStation blog or something to announce release dates or to highlight games. Mm-hmm. But do you think that's effective when, for me, like the direct style would make so much more sense because you have games like The Last of Us and like Ghost of Tsushima that you can put anything up and people will read it. Yep. But you put a concrete genie or PSVR titles that don't have as big an audience, but are interesting titles and worth us at least acknowledging and taking a look at and seeing what they offer. I don't feel like the blog services both of those equally, no, whereas the direct no, no. style thing would allow that. Also, right. it's a blog. Yeah. It's yeah. 2019. We're on a video show slash audio podcast right now. People mm-hmm. consume media differently. A blog is sort of an outdated concept. Yeah. It is a glorified press release. Check out our website. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we still no. have articles there. Well, again, I so like what, what Nintendo does is they don't just go, here's our quarterly direct. They go, uh, we're doing a direct focus on indies. We're doing a direct focus on Pokemon. Yeah. Like they will hyper focus on a franchise or a game or a platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll say, this is just 3DS. This also, is just Switch. If they don't have anything to say, they don't put anything up. Yeah. Unlike Beyond This Week, where we're really wow. just getting blood from a stone. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, so if, say Sony were to in a month go, Hey, we have a, a presentation focus entirely on the big PSVR games of 2019. I'd be like, Oh, dude, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And, you know, maybe one or two of those games on its own does not 
form an entire presentation. Mm-hmm. But you get together 10 titles and you go, here are 10 PSVR games you can play this year. And I go, that's awesome. What a great library. It shows you care about your system. Awesome. Yeah. Um, a month later, you go, you know, here's a focus on uh, PlayStation Indies. You know, or minis, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and you do that. And then a couple months after that, you go, like, here are the big games of fall. Like, come up with a headline and then create the content underneath it. You yeah. know, there's so much room for that. And I don't think any of that means to be like a giant stage show at E3 or even a whole convention dedicated to whatever they're working on. Like, do it when you're ready. Yeah. And just, mm-hmm. and just wait. This I'm, right, the direct going up this week is, it's the furthest we've ever been from a Nintendo Direct. Yeah. And so they took their time. So I, I'm okay with Sony taking their time. Same. Yeah. And I think it's telling with Layden doing all these interviews and be, doing the keynote at DICE that they are ready to start talking about stuff. They don't want to be out of the picture entirely in 2019. Yeah. But I'm curious to see how they continue that conversation mm-hmm. going forward. Uh, one of the things Layden also mentioned in one of his interviews that I wanted to bring up was that he mentioned uh, in terms of looking forward of what Sony first party does and doesn't do well – he mentioned multiplayer as an aspect and he wasn't like, I don't mean sports or, you know, like racing. Obviously they, they have, uh, MLB the show every year and they have Gran Turismo and things like that. He was like, I mean, you lump them into one category. Yeah. Based. Uh, I mean, he <laughs> does. A car yeah. is a ball, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, it is a rocket league. It has four balls on the sides that make it go forward. Um, I don't know what those things They're, are it's called. Beals. Ooh, Beals. Uh, they, he meant more like a GTA Online or a Fortnite or something that has like that big of a multiplayer presence or like an Apex Legends. Is that something you guys want to see from? My, my immediate knee-jerk reaction to that is sort of a scaled-up version of what we had, I want to say like five or six years ago, where everything had to have multiplayer in it. Yeah. Are you like talking when- about Mag? Massive action game. You guys remember oh, Mag? Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I was thinking more like, uh, I don't know. Two. Yeah, where they were like, yeah, Dead Space 2, uh, Mass Effect 3. Even the first uh, Tomb Raider? Tomb Raider yeah. had, yeah, and it was like, I mean, even like Last of Us had multiplayer. I yeah. imagine the new one will too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you see like, it, the thing is, I think there's this impatience where you're like, you're putting out one physical game. It's got to have multiplayer. It's like multiplayer is an ecosystem. Multiplayer is a long form thing. If you want to actually have that be successful, you need to build a community around it. And that's, you know, that's a huge undertaking. So, uh, my, my thought is that, oh, God, we're going to get like a, a resurrection of that, an HD remaster of that issue <laughs> where they shoehorn in multiplayer to single player experiences. Yeah. And maybe don't quite pull it off, right? But I like to think that maybe they've learned from some some lessons and I think it depends on who tackles it. Like Uncharted multiplayer is surprisingly popular and yeah. has a a large audience still playing it today. Uh, it's also uh, people have said this before that that keeps you from trading a game in mm-hmm. um, when you know that you're getting regular content drops. The thing is, Sony right now has an incredible portfolio of studios making. Just incredibly awesome, rock solid first, per, per, or, you know, uh, single player games, right? Yeah. Uh, Story driven narrative, and so if they allow that to persist, and they make some other stuff on the side that's multiplayer focused, I'm okay with it. What I don't want is them going to, you know, Brian at at, at Spider Man and Corey at God of War <laughs> and going like, can you guys do a multiplayer thing instead? And they're like, no, we we wrote a this is a story, and they're like, no, don't do it anymore. So as long as we still get all of that story driven stuff. Then I'm I'm okay with yeah. everything else. But what I mean, if a hundred Atreuses dropped into <laughs> an arena together? Uh, I think most likely we're going to see Horizon. Added. Yeah, because I mean uh, they, their background um, 
totally drawing a blank. What's With this? Killzone, Killzone, and Gorilla yeah, Games, Gorilla, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've yeah. done they've done Killzone. They they know their way around that. Yeah. Uh, and also, that's an open world, so like, it's not just like, oh, we built this like corridor that the character goes through and has an emotional journey. They're like, no, nah, we built a goddamn ecosystem with robot <laughs> dinosaurs walking around. Yeah. So that's you know pretty well suited to that. I mean, a, a this, I hate saying this, a, her, a Horizon Battle Royale game where like the dinosaurs got increasingly bigger as the map shrunk would be so stupid. It would work. <laughs> I kind of like that. Something like that. Man, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, cut but that. Again, We're gonna pitch that to them. Let's yeah. Yeah, take that. But off again, the I want I want Horizon one dawn. One dawn. Yeah. <laughs> Horizon, Horizon one zero afternoon. Whatever. Yeah. It is. I want that full single player game, and then do anything you want afterwards. Yeah. I'll probably skip it. I think Death Stranding is gonna have some bizarre multiplayer component to it. They've like hinted at that. In yeah. Games, Metal Gear like, Solid Five did right. Yeah, and it was. Yeah. I think people liked it. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those things where like I played a bunch of the game, and then when online went up, I was like away and i came back and everyone was over it you know yeah yeah so i don't know what that was about and then they built metal gear survive and everyone was happy yeah uh moving on to a few what is that i've never heard of it before i don't know (laughs) what you mean by that uh layden was also talking about in his keynote at dice earlier today as we're recording he brought up an interesting thing that i just wanted to discuss with you guys is he acknowledged nintendo and microsoft which i just thought was an interesting move because there's been such reticence that to ever acknowledge sell out yeah he doesn't have the playstation passion no not anymore i don't think he should host their shows anymore I don't think he, so either. He was so. playing Mario Odyssey the entire time. What? Yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> While using an adaptive controller from Xbox. Next, he'll yeah. tell me he'll be on stage at the Game Awards with those traitors. But not look at them or acknowledge <laughs> them in any way. I'm sorry. I appreciate what that moment was. It was so awkward. It was, it, it was yeah. so awkward. Um, but anyway, he he pointed to the success of the Switch and how big of a risk it was, and talking about how the Xbox adapt- adaptive controller, excuse me, was such an important step in making the gaming industry as a whole more. Yeah. And I just it's so weird to me, but like I feel like it's of note that he is acknowledging the competition right now because it feels like more and more of the big three have become isolated from each other. Did right. he did he seem like a like a like a a bitter ex boyfriend looking at the switch and being like, Yeah, imagine that. Uh underpowered little system with a touch touch screen and you can put a lot of indie games on it. Imagine that mm-hmm. a lot of Japanese <laughs> Hey, the PlayStation console line was co created by bitter ex boyfriends of people that yeah. Couldn't work on the Super Nintendo successor, so it's That's all a even. Fair point. Um, yeah. The it's really cool to see him acknowledge the competition. It's even cooler to see him acknowledge their strengths. Yes, because um, yeah. I think there's there was an era, mm-hmm. the the Attitude Era or wherever it was <laughs> in the video game industry, where it just seemed like there was a lot of smack talk. Even like Reggie coming out and be like, "Oh, we're here to kick ass and take names," or "That's not my problem." All that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'll, I'll kill them in the street with my bare hands. <laughs> uh, pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it feels like it's we're in a cool point now where everyone is sort of rubbing shoulders with each other and understanding the strengths and weaknesses of each platform. Um, and Sony did come out of this generation on top and will, but uh, there are there's a lot of stuff they could be better about. And I think that like we've talked about this before, stuff like Game Pass, the adaptive controller. I mean, bringing back a, a dedicated portable in some way. Um, would all be really cool things to see. I don't know if we'll ever see a Vita again, but yeah. like, if there was a way to play PS5 games on the go, great. If there is a way to be more inclusive with the way our video games are controlled by all players on Earth, awesome. That's something mm-hmm. that everyone should be striving for. 
it's uh yeah it's nice to see and he also not just acknowledging other companies strengths but acknowledged sony's own weaknesses and talked a little bit about the ps3 and how that was such a hubristic moment for the company and he called it i think their icarus moment of right. fly, flying too close to the sun what is this new transparency from like, i know like it's weird right? figureheads like, yeah that's really impressive to see that i, I love that yeah uh, we just got that recently when i don't i don't mean to to you know sit, speak of the cursed names Cross when, the streams. when nintendo was like hey uh metroid prime isn't we're, we're going back to the drawing board with that and it's like oh so you're not just going to string people along and just you know blow smoke up asses you're just kind of like hey hold on a second sorry about that but we'll be just a moment you know hey uh you know. if you're working on final fantasy 7 maybe um take a little cue from that you got some, yeah Do you yeah. know that that game was announced in the same <laughs> breath of it's like if you went to a restaurant and there was just like a lot of black smoke coming out of the kitchen and the, <laughs> the waiter kept coming out and being like yeah your cob salad will be right out like, why is there smoke for the yeah. salad <laughs> that game was announced at the same uh e3 as resident evil 2 yeah and one of those is now in our game of the year running and we've played it and we're doing tofu runs and all this other stuff and the other one <laughs> well, Kingdom is Hearts is done, so maybe it'll salad. happen. Yeah, it's a really weird time, but I do I appreciate this transparency, and I think moving forward, Sony in particular, like they will need it more than ever mm-hmm. if they want to be able to stay in the conversation mm-hmm. and relate to their consumers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like and, to think and, that that Sony's sort of hesitance to go out and just put everything out there is maybe realizing that that's sort of damaging to brands when to people are well. tired of yeah. hearing about them and it's boy who cried wolf scenario. Yeah, and maybe they're taking a page from you know Rockstar and company. To and be like, to their yeah. defense, romaine lettuce is best. When it's just completely real black. hot, yeah, <laughs> just black and smoke. When you've had it in a griddle for like forty five, charred minutes. sardines. On, yeah, exactly. My favorite salads. Uh, in addition to that, though, one last thing uh, with everything Layden's been talking about. There's been in this interesting back and forth of crossplay. So right now, for PS4 crossplay, it's in its beta form. They've been talking about it. Fortnite and Rocket League have it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. War- finally. Yes, yeah. finally. Yeah, that was a uh, struggle this year. Yeah, last year. yeah. It was several months in between Fortnite and Rocket League getting it. But anyway, um, both War Thunder and High Res have publicly tweeted. Uh, the High Res CEO and President tweeted. And the War Thunder official gaming account tweeted, "Hey, we would love crossplay for our games, Sony." Like they added Sony. They're talking to Sony. The War Thunder account made a weird three billboards parody asking why there was no crossplay for Sony. So these companies were like, "That's kind of." It's a weird, yeah. Uh, it's it's that's a, a strange weird message. movie to yeah. go to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the way they delivered their message aside, um, Layden <laughs> responded to it in his interview with Game Informer and talked about the fact of he was like, "Hey, we want it. We're obviously moving toward having this more and more. Talk to your account managers." He basically was giving like detailed instructions you would get from a hotline. Yep. In the middle of the interview, it was like, "Talk to your Sony account managers about the right steps you need to take because we've learned so much of working with Epic and things." That's so odd. The but, the whole <laughs> it's it's all very strange but then in following that uh the ceo of chucklefish which published wargroove which does have crossplay among all the other platforms said with ps4 it won't be having crossplay with those other platforms and they worked with their account managers and did work with sony and tried to make it happen and said essentially they were denied it yeah. um and on their side then, they said it's a flip of a switch for them and sean yeah. Layden said have you tried turning it on and off again <laughs> and they've been flipping that switch and it's not yeah. working but so essentially so they're making a meme based on uh brie larson's room and- yeah <laughs> Other other dar- movie darlings from five years. Yes, ago. of course. Yes, uh, inglorious bastards. <laughs> yeah. um, and here's the Django Unchained to tell you why we need to feed it. Yeah. Uh, it's just this weird back and forth where uh, Tom Marks wrote a good opinion piece a while back where like Sony's stance on crossplay following E3 and everything going on there was bad. Yeah, and it still feels like. like 
right now it feels muddled and it feels like uh, maybe some parts of the company aren't talking to others or the Chucklefish CEO acknowledged like, hey, we obviously don't know what's going on on Sony's side. Like maybe they don't want to open it up to everyone right now. Like they're being picky and choosy because it is a beta it's, in their regard. But it's an odd thing to see this happening in the public. Well, especially to to pass the blame like that. Yeah. And go, especially coming out off of like a year where everyone was like make crossplay work and they're like, no. It doesn't make sense for our business. And everyone was like, no one cares. Make it work. For them to be like, oh, we tried it and it's cool and you can try it too, but it's not really our fault. It's up to developers. And then immediately having developers go, uh, n- no. Yeah, we, that's. We that's, want to. You yeah. won't let us. That's odd. That, I mean, that feels like one of the sort of, you know, let us change our usernames kind of scenarios where it's like, maybe if you don't have anything to say, don't tell people to do something. Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah. wait until it's sort of streamlined. And Where's that, by the way? The changing our names? Um, it's that, right there uh, with the PS5. It's one of the launch titles <laughs> the for the PS5. So that's in the kitchen with the burn cops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all coming out in two to seven years. Um, yeah, it's a weird thing to see like companies publicly jockeying for that attention. Yeah. I'm curious to see how this discussion goes. I feel like even with Layden, you know, giving the company stance in these interviews, seeing these responses, this is going to be a thing that's going to continue at least for the next year, mm-hmm. if not forward. Um, but I did want to jump to before we talk about a few other things, a game that hopefully we'll have crossplay soon because it's getting pretty popular is Apex Legends, mm-hmm. um, which currently doesn't have crossplay. Respawn Entertainment has talked about their hoping to bring crossplay to it someday. I'd imagine it will probably be one of the games that Sony enables it for because it recently passed the 25 million player mark. And I think it had 2.5 million concurrence already. This isn't a week of release. Um, what do you guys think about the phenomenon of how popular this game is? It's place in the battle royale genre. This felt, what we're seeing. this felt like bad movie writing where something <laughs> becomes too popular too fast. This is like a gag on the Simpsons where like yeah. everyone has yo-yos. Like it's just, it's, it happened overnight, literally. Um, yeah. like somebody was, um, I don't want to say it was like Shinobi on Twitter. It was breaking down like the popularity of Fortnite over the course of a few months and like Apex was, just leagues faster and it's mm-hmm. crazy because it's it just came out so it's not even like that thing where you know a game comes out and people are like yeah it's it's okay i'm playing it but here are the things that are wrong with it and they definitely are doing that but like it's keeping people engaged enough to be like it's not a wait and see scenario it's well, a i want this now yeah and i think what's what's uh adding to that is an anecdotally we're seeing this is a lot of people myself included um love fortnite uh, are terrible at the building element <laughs> of it. And that's something that has always pushed me off because when I get to the end of a Fortnite game, Lord forbid I'm still alive, <laughs> my best plan is to hope that someone commits suicide and that I get their bazooka and then I win. Um, but what usually happens is like people play 4D chess over my head and build immaculate structures and yeah. take me down. I'm I'm genuinely surprised that Fortnite hasn't been like, hey, here's the vanilla fighting mode. Like right. it's just a shooter. You know? And so the other thing is is that uh, from first glance, Fortnite is a cartoon game for kids. Uh, and again, I love it. It's got a goofy art style and aesthetic. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people. Uh, I think Spider-Verse just taught us that, that won't go see something or play something if it looks childish. Whereas Apex looks like a gritty, mature, adult Call of Duty robot game, mm-hmm. right? Interestingly, though, and I don't even think about this because I'm 32 and uh, completely desensitized to everything. Uh, I went down to see family uh, last weekend and I saw my 13-year-old nephew who I usually sort of like try to prod and be like, what, what, what's cool? Who's that streamer you're watching? What is his secret? Um, but no, I was like, what are you playing? He's like, Apex Legends. I was like, dude, me too. Yeah. Sort of when I'm home. Uh, but I was like, what's, what do you like about it? And he's like, oh, well, I like that I can, I can play it because it doesn't have blood because my mom, my mom let me, let me play it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> That's right. That's the thing that moms shut down sometimes. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't like again. I looked at it. I was like, yeah, it's like Titanfall. It looks 
gritty. You know? Well, because like, like a- I think children everywhere will go out of their way to play Call of Duty, but I don't think adults everywhere will go out of their way to play Fortnite. And so like everyone, all that that all that audience funnels to one spot. Uh, and I don't think it always works in reverse because, again, a lot of, lots of adult burly men are like, no, nah, I don't want to play the game. With I the like that it's, it's, it's also just they've totally streamlined some great traversal in Titanfall. And yeah. initially I heard about this and I was like, I was like, wait a minute. They made Titanfall as a, as a, as a battle royale, but there's no Titans right. and there's no wall running. I don't care. And then I played it for five minutes and I was like, this is still extremely fun. And my, yes. my yeah. robot has zip lines. They like, know how to make shoes. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like what they say about dieting. They're like, don't focus on what you can't have. Yeah. Like celebrate what's there, yeah. you know, which is burn salad. <laughs> uh, no, so like I, I had the gut reaction too, where I was like, no robots and no wall running, and it was like, oh, well, well traversal is still insane in this game, and it's still yeah. incredibly quick. Uh, and so celebrate what it's doing well instead of like what it's not doing well. And of course, like you know, we covered it last week, but seconds later they were like, by the way, Titanfall two is still happening or three. So we're, we're still out. making more. Yeah, they yeah. said a premium Titanfall experience is coming. News at least this year. Of it, yeah, so we'll see. What happens. Which is yeah. like we've seen that game has actually had an uptick in players because it's on sale for like six bucks right now. And also yeah. people are like, I want more of what these guys do, which I love seeing. Yeah. By the way, uh, do that when you go see a movie. And you're like, who made this movie? Go watch their other movies. And like when you hear an album and you're like, what inspired this album? Go do that. Just yeah. mm-hmm. people need to do that. You want to keep seeing the great stuff from the people you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Experience all Support of it. Support it all. It's this interesting thing though. Like seeing this rise, I don't think it's necessarily going to be like goodbye Fortnite in two weeks. Like I don't think that's going to no. – it's not no. going to be anything Fortnite's like right. that. Yeah. But in terms of Apex Legends dominance right now, like it is – it was that huge surprise overnight thing. But EA also has Anthem coming out soon, which is – it's not a battle royale necessarily, but it is a heavily online multiplayer-focused mm-hmm. game. Do you see this kind of backfiring on yes. them a little bit? Because yes. I don't I don't think they imagined this um, was going to happen. No, yes, <laughs> and justifiably it should. This is this is re- Respawn's revenge. Mm-hmm. After a couple of years ago where Titanfall 2 went head-to-head with Battlefield within like four days. It was in between. Uh, because it was the l- sort of lesser known title and it was the first time it was appearing on multi-platform and not just platform exclusive to one place. Uh, and it was story focused and people went for the, the military shooter and, instead. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Battlefield is still kind of late to the party with their the battle royale. Firestorm yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I want to check that out because I like, I like Battlefield, but Max, I'm also you, just like, you played a significant amount of Anthem. Do you think this is going to be something that people sort of ignore in, in favor of something that's free? Uh, I don't think so. I think that Anthem is one of those sort of, like, I, I think, it, I think inevitably because of the scale of it, it's going to come out and they're going to have to sort of like, sort of, sp- sp- I don't, I don't know if it's going to perform as well as EA wants because they want, you know, to own us all and, and conquer <laughs> everything. Um, but I mean, I think it's, it's going to, they're probably gonna be like, well, it's but performed admirably and we were hoping for more, but we've also got a 10 year plan in place. Um, I think it's the same thing as sort of like, you can have Destiny and, Destiny and Call of Duty coexisting. Like a ton yeah. of people, uh, even if they were sort of like lapsed Call of Duty players jumped on Blackout because it was like, oh, it's a, you know, triple A battle royale. Hell yeah, sign me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you know, people are still playing Destiny. I don't know what the hell they're talking about because I noped out of that game after the well, You can like find out what weeks. they're talking about. You know, if, fire team chat. If it uh, doesn't, if it doesn't, so, if it doesn't succeed though, we might actually hear more transparently than that because with, did you read the, the numbers on, on Battlefield? On Battlefield, no. Yeah, well, they, they. I think they said it sold around six or seven million, uh, mm. which underperformed for them. Yeah, because I think the last one sold way more than that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of factors involved well, there, but I think we would probably know very soon. The thing is, uh, Vince Zampella tweeted just yesterday that twenty-five million people 
as of yesterday, I'm sure that number's doubled already, are playing or have downloaded or have interacted with in some way with, with their new game. So uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't see Anthem doing those kind of numbers. No, I think Anthem is still sort of rooted in a kind of old school you know, thing where you buy the thing in the box and then you get stuff after the fact. But like it's weird to see like, like something like Fortnite or Apex Legends is a launcher. And you get it for free and anything, you know, Trojan horses in microtransactions and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's just sort of like, here it is. Yep. It's out there. I mean, it's kind of like crack dealer logic where it's like, oh, that first taste is yours. But to be like, oh, 60 bucks for a thing and then maybe I like what comes after. Um, I think we're definitely going to see Anthem probably get a boost around, you know, holiday season time. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, EA is going to continue like funneling money into that to be like, we're going to build this ecosystem. And, you know, eventually there's going to be like anthem the forsaken king edition that comes out in next year Do you know what's like immensely awesome right now and incredibly refreshing is that two of the most popular video games on earth are free to play and the only way to give them money is for cosmetic nonsense that's incredible yeah yeah like the the, it's it's, such a different landscape right if people take that message away and instead of going like oh we'll piecemeal i saw a meme going around yesterday uh, about the beatles and it was like Here's the Beatles. And it was like, here's EA's the Beatles. And the EA in the Beatles was spelled with the EA logo. And like, they were selling John, you know, John for like $4.99 and like Paul for $5.99. You can get the Ringo songs yeah, for 99 exactly. cents. Um, that's, that's what people thought about the way video games were heading where, and if you look at, you know, mobile gaming, a lot mm-hmm. of it's like that too. Yeah. But if Fortnite and Apex or Apex, Apex, uh, are, are to be like determined the way things are going, then that means that a lot of companies takeaways from this are going to be make a massive, awesome some game that's super fun to play mm-hmm. put it out for free and if people like it they'll buy clothes <laughs> yeah that's crazy uh, yeah this also so cool this also got me uh i very much doubt this will be a free-to-play thing that just goes out there but the new star wars game that respawn's working on yeah uh that Fallen definitely Order. was kind of like a little bit of like a breath of fresh air. oh like, yeah i like the first two titanfalls i think they're awesome i think titanfall 2 especially is a phenomenal game um but i think the scale with which they were just and the, the, just the grace that they like stuck the landing on apex just being like Poof! Here it is. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, hi. Thank you. Great. Wonderful. You know, it's like. Think about that rollout versus Vince Ampella on a park bench at E3 being like, oh, by the way, we're making a new Star Wars game. If he was like, it's out now and it's free, I'd be like, this is a great game. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you didn't even show me the lightsabers. I hate you. You, you and I were talking about this earlier, but I think that uh, Apex Legends has more in common with something like um, Cloverfield Paradox or Bird Box, although it's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> unlike those things. Um, hey, I that, reviewed Cloverfield Paradox. I'm sorry. That was a nightmare. Yeah. In that uh, it just showed up out of nowhere yeah. and became part of the conversation and people were like, well, it's free. I didn't have to pre-order it. I haven't been tracking its release for seven years and smelling the burnt smoke from the back of the kitchen. <laughs> we'll keep bringing that salad yeah. into the conversation. Uh, and it's it just sort of appears out of nowhere. There was a Jeff Keighley tweet on like what? Monday being like, it's coming. And then as of Friday, the, the week before, the, some influencers were like not so tight-lipped about it. There were a couple leaks that happened yeah. and everything. But even despite that, yeah, it was this overnight huge yep. success. Yeah, it's cool. Incredible and they, they had a day launch, a day one launch stream, and they said the game's available mm-hmm. right now, and everyone downloaded it. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. Every day after work now, the game that's being played in the IGN like break yep. room is Apex Live. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's that's effectively a, a viral game release. Yes. Um, the interesting thing is, uh, like, I mean, I was in uh, I was in like a bar and I looked over and an Anthem commercial was on TV. And I'm so sort of disconnected from like mainstream marketing media stuff, in spite of living in the fucking eye of the, <laughs> eye of the hurricane there. Mm-hmm. I was just like <clears> – <throat> and I immediately got distracted from the conversation to stare at an, a TV commercial for a game that I've played like six hours of or something. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, that's an odd thing to do. But I always wonder about that sort of that sort of casting a wider net and really getting people who maybe aren't initially drawn to games to be like – 
do they care about this? Yeah. Does this look like Iron Man versus Avatar? It kind of does. Is like, that cool for people? Mm-hmm. I can many of the first 10 million people who played Apex Legends were not the people who are being spoken to via those TV commercials. Like, right. It's playing to a very different audience yeah. at that point. And I'm curious to see mm-hmm. where the life of Anthem goes. As, I think as the first on. 10 million was core gamers. It was people who follow influencers, people who follow outlets and magazines. And ninja streaming it. Yeah, like, all that yeah. stuff. And then from there, it was all word of mouth, and that's where it will continue to go. Um, and that, they'll, I don't even – I've never – have you ever seen a Fortnite commercial? Did they need to? No. I mean I don't think Coca-Cola needs to advertise either, but what do I know? They put also, real I, Durr burgers in the real world. Yeah. That's their – Exactly. Everyone yeah. I know has canceled cable, so it's not really like a, a viable place. That's why it's so fascinating to see a video game commercial at a bar because you're like – Wow, they still make this. They still make these. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand like people who like sports to begin with. I don't understand what people who <laughs> like sports in a bar would make of like the <laughs> Iron Man fighting the dinosaurs <laughs> and stuff. Kingdom um, Hearts three commercial in the middle of the Super Bowl would be very weird. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would actually more than any game. I would pay to see the reactions of the people on a sports. Yeah, board. those YouTube videos would be amazing. Some guy being like. I think it's like that when Donald Duck. <laughs> I think it's like when dogs see a mirror and they just don't see anything. They're just like, ah. Yeah. Sometimes they do. Some maybe they bark. Maybe it. they'd be like, "Why is there goofy there?" But other ones would just be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, "Well, obviously, with Apex Legends out right now and Anthem on the way, there's also this weird in-between gap that I want to talk about. Of essentially, before recording this uh, Friday, the fifteenth, yeah, is a weird glut of games. Yep. Uh, we're seeing. Metro Exodus, Jump Force, Far Cry New Dawn, um, the, on Xbox, we're seeing Crackdown 3 come out, mm-hmm. and then, uh, people who have EA Origin access can get into Anthem. All these games are coming out on the same day. Obviously, they didn't all know Apex Legends would be launching that right. one too, to screw No, both. that, isn't that great? They, yeah. I think everybody was like, it's, this is a pretty quiet day, and everyone was like, ah, we think so too, and they all, just stopped, piled onto this one day, and then a week before, this game comes out, out of nowhere that we've never heard of that is now dominating the conversation. Yeah, um, I have, I guess, yeah, I have, I've played and completed Far Cry New Dawn. Um, I have lots to say about it. The embargo lifts in 24 hours, so I can't After give you show. any sort of yeah. like anything. <laughs> uh, next week, I'll talk all about it. Um, but yeah, that's 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 a big one. Crackdown is this week. You know, we just uh, Ryan McCaffrey wrote a preview about that just about a week ago. So. Um, that's about as close to release as you can get. So if you, if you like what you read there, then that's what this, it's not one of those things where it's like with seven days to go, the developers still have plenty of time. So (laughs) that's that, uh, Metro is been a weird blind spot for me, my entire career. It's just, it's something I've. Uh, but you were telling me it's it's open worldy this time, which yeah, sounds it's really got, like, cool. Posts and stuff. I don't I, like I've I haven't gone hands on with that. We've done like a few sort of like like wrap up videos that involve doing like research on the previous yeah. games, which I've only dabbled in, and then yeah. just being like, oh, interesting. And then it's that seems like I feel like third games in series are often like huge flying leaps forward, and this very much seems like that. And yeah, I'm very excited to see what happens. It's there. the one I'm most interested to see because it seems the most different from yeah, what's come before. Right. And then you have something huge like Jump Force, which anytime we post about on IGN does massive traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but we really should pump the brakes on anime coverage. I don't know if people are into that kind nah, of thing. No, people aren't I don't know if this Japanimation it. craze is going to catch on. <laughs> One day. I believe in it. Um, but yeah, I just... I, you know, there are a thousand business factors why these days happen, but do you think anyone benefits from it? Because I feel like no. consumers at that point then have to make hard decisions if they want more than one game. No, it reminds, right. it reminds me for. of, uh, this Christmas is like holiday lineup. Yeah. The movie, the movie, movie things where it was like, it was, uh, it was Mary Poppins, Spider-Verse, Aquaman, Aquaman 
Bumblebee, Mortal Engines, and then Welcome to Marwin all came out within like 10 days of each other. And then yeah. Alita got delayed. And Alita was like, we're getting the hell <laughs> yeah. out of there. And now it's, I don't know how Alita's And now it comes do out it. this yeah. week with all these games. Exactly. Yeah. And now yeah. everyone's going to be playing <laughs> games and instead of seeing Alita. Well, so. And then Happy Death Day to you also comes out, which yeah. like the first one was a pretty big cult classic. The uh, McRib is back. The McRib is coming back. I made that up. It's probably coming back. Yeah. Uh, Netflix is debuting the Umbrella Academy uh, adaptation. Which what men want. Have. Which is to play video games instead of seeing a remake of a Mel Gibson uh, movie. Women watch. <laughs> uh, it's just – it's such a weird phenomenon that we've seen like once in a while. There was an October like two years ago where yeah. Mario Odyssey, Assassin's Creed, Wolfenstein all came out. And like someone suffers at the end of the day yeah. because of it. Yeah. I think that was Wolfenstein that time. Yeah. That, right? that one probably suffered a little bit. Um, yeah. I, there, are, there are so many hours in the day and I think if – you get home from work and you have dinner and you have three hours and you can jump into a free game that lets you like squat up with your friends and buy clothes. Yeah. Uh, you're probably going to play that. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I think there's something for the, the, the sort of time sync side of a battle royale game. And I think it's kind of the Snapchat of multiplayer mm -hmm. in that none of your progress really comes with you. You know, it's all kind of like, well, you play for 30 minutes and maybe you die and that's it. Yep. Yeah, as opposed to being like, oh, I gotta find out what happens to the story. Does the horse die? Who knows? I gotta get to the end, and it's like, I don't know. The it, the love of the lore and everything comes when you're not playing. We've seen that with not battle royale, but a game like Overwatch, yes. where mm -hmm. everyone falls in love with everything outside of when you're playing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, I'm. It's weird thinking about this lineup. I'm. I think if you were like gun to the head, what 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 are you most on board with? I'm like most intrigued by Anthem, but I also have totally learned my lesson with big, huge online games like that, where I want to wait for it to sort of populate, um, and I want to I want to kind of jump into it in maybe a few weeks or months, yeah. and wait until it's like they've ironed out the kinks and people know what they're doing, and I know who's playing on which yeah. system. Um, Far Cry totally snuck up on me as yeah. as the characters do in those games, um, and I spent twenty hours with it, so. Mm. I, again, I can't tell you whether or not I like it, like, but I generally don't spend 20 hours with something I hate. But so. you've also said 20 hours, which is a manageable amount of time to me when yes. playing a game, which yeah. is nice to hear. Well, that's also like the cool <laughs> thing about Far Cry is it's thirty nine ninety nine, yeah. which I think that like that's that's a really interesting part of this conversation because there's free games, there's movies, and there's $60 games. Mm -hmm. In the middle of all that, Far Cry is like, it's 40 bucks. It's the same map with more neon stuff, but <laughs> check it out. We don't see that $40 price point a lot, but I do like it. You see something like Ratchet & Clank did that a few years back. You see this and a few other games have done it. It's I, nice I would, when that happens. I would really love to see more publishers experiment with mm -hmm. different price points other than 60 bucks. Yeah. I mean, we've come a long way from that that weird era where every game got announced in June, every game came out between October and December, and every game cost 60 bucks. The 60 bucks thing seems to be the part that's Sticking. not wiggling yeah. around the most you know we're seeing the bump up towards like 80 here and there mm -hmm. 100 with the extra skins and oh, costumes yeah. but deluxe gold editions. yeah no that's a weird time i hate it when a bunch of stuff like this comes out because i feel like no matter what i do i'm going to be sort of missing out on something yeah and i'm already behind because i was traveling while resident evil came out everyone's doing the tofu races or whatever well speaking of resident evil uh we did want to mention briefly at least on sony ps4 digital downloads uh kingdom hearts 3 outsold resident evil 2 for january we don't have full mpd for the month so it could turn out resident evil sold like gangbusters everywhere else and then kingdom hearts is number five for the month who knows <laughs> probably won't happen but it could um but brian you had brought up there was like an interesting not rivalry but sort of like history to these two right and their success and it was kind of like back in the day when resident evil remake came out yeah it was around the time that the either first kingdom hearts or kingdom hearts 2 came out and i think you were saying it was like the producer of resident evil said 
that game doesn't deserve all the praise yes. it's getting. Like something crazy yeah. like that. And so I think a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 That that a good, good old classic <laughs> attitude era smack talk. Oh. Um, it's a very different time. Right. And so I think a lot of people thought that this time around the tides would turn. Resident Evil is a huge property, but nope. Kingdom Hearts won again. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing to think that the game with the horror and the, the men eating the necks of the other men would sell less than the one where the beloved 70-year-old children's characters all jump around colorfully in an everyone experience. No one could have guessed that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. We obviously get MPD results later in the month, but I just wanted to mention it in passing because it's sales have become so obfuscated and we don't get exact numbers anymore. And it's nice when we have right. some idea of what's performing well versus yeah. what isn't. I want to see Kingdom Hearts versus Disney Infinity numbers. That would be interesting. Because if you were like, hey, uh, person in the past, <laughs> caveman, <laughs> which do you think will be more successful in the year 2016 through 19 or whatever? Like the thing that has the toys of the beloved characters that all scan together in a big sandbox? I'll have some on my desk. Or... The uh, very convoluted uh, timeline of the the anime boys who team up with the the uh, the duck and the definitely, dog. Definitely that one. Yeah, it's, it's I, fun seeing everyone's. Reactions. I got to give it to you, Kingdom Hearts fans. Though you guys are thank you. You guys are hardcore. Never. Like no, I mean the no, thing it's is, fine. Like, it's if a you, fine game. If there was a guy walking into a GameStop and he had both of those games in his hand and he was like, I've I've never played any of these before. Can you explain the story to me? For Resident Evil, I'd be like, there's a zombie outbreak and you're a cop and you have to survive. And you'd be like, got it, got that's the whole story? Yes, that's it. What about Kingdom Hearts though? Uh <laughs> wouldn't even know. What, what about start. Aqua and Ven and Terra, yeah. Brian? I'd be like, watch my watch my friend Jonathan's 14 minute video. <laughs> the more I hear about that, the less I know. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair. Which I is really that. a bit scary. Yeah. You know? I get that. I I've told, been explaining it to some people and they don't yeah. I told yeah. Max I wanted to make a video about like the story so far in Kingdom Hearts and just make stuff up. That's fair. I, I would just, love a good to, way to get that. refer to every yeah. human character as Sora. <laughs> <laughs> Sora then fought Sora in the Battle of Soros. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Well, obviously, when we get more MPD results for January, we'll be sure to talk about those too. Yeah. Um, bit pressed for time, so I figured we move on to trophy tests. All right, as we do. I feel like we had a lot to boy. say for a week when there wasn't a lot to say. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah. I, I like, like to talk, talk about the video games. The video yeah. games are good sometimes. Hopefully, more of the time than not. <laughs> that, that's anyway, review of video. That games. is my review of video games, uh, much like our tweet. Video games. Eight out of ten. Uh, moving on. This week's trophy test is, as I felt was necessary, Kingdom Hearts three. Oh God, I hate you. I love it so much. Uh, if you have not heard us play trophy test before, I have made. A series of fake trophies that I asked them to guess whether it is a real or a fake trophy paired with real trophies from particular games. I didn't bring a pen. Oh, don't worry about it. I'll be I have going. gum. I'll take the gum. Here's the gum. I'll take some gum. It's kind of old. Breath's not great from the coffee. It's fine. Uh, this week is Kingdom Hearts 3. We have five trophies to go through. <sighs> Each of these, I'm going to give you one real one, one fake one. I want you to tell me what the real one is. Okay. So play along at home if you're listening and don't or do know about Kingdom Hearts. First, tell me which of these is real. Is it Grand Mage, which is to cast Grand Magic for the first time, or Majestic Mage, to cast Majestic Magic for the first time? Neither of those are very clever. I thought that, – That was the point. Yeah. People don't, they don't do like puns anymore? Theirs are not great title-wise. Yeah. But is it yeah. Grand Mage or Majestic Mage? Um, majestic. You're going to say it's real? Yeah, that's the real one. Brian? And Max, what do you say? I messed up there with the names. Don't All right, doing good. Never thought of myself as much of a Brian. That's fair. I'm going to say the same as Brian's, though. You can both say majestic mage is the real one. That feels yeah. right. You were both incorrect. Grand mage is the real Damn. one. I'm sorry. Why? I don't know. What they made up the words. Majestic is such a better word. It is. They messed up. I should write trophies. Anyway, moving on. Uh, really went off the deep end with this one. Which of these is real? 
thermosphere, which is to defeat the Schwarzgeist, menace of the ocean between. Or Schwarzgeist? Schwarzgeist. Is that or, like a force ghost? I think that's maybe. a German liqueur. <laughs> <laughs> or stratosphere. Defeat the Nilfgeist, menace of the sky betwixt. Nilfgeist? Nilf. Sorry, Look, I don't make like, these up except for uh, my Yes, you do. I you do. Make <laughs> half of them. You Is make it, up literally 50% of them. Oh, so wait, what was the first one? Schwarzgeist, menace of the ocean between, or Nilfgeist, menace of the sky betwixt. One I'm going to say A. You're going to say A. Schwarzgeist? Um, I'm going to go with the Milfgeist. I think it's the Milfgeist. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, the Schwarzgeist is the real one. Congrats, man. Is that what I said? Yes. You said the real one. Nice. Yeah. nice. Is the Nilfgeist real? No. I hope not. So that's the thing is, is Kingdom Hearts has a lot of bizarre verbiage. Yeah. But I feel like it doesn't go as far as betwixt. So betwixt in between is a thing that was in the series and like the older games. Yes. But what? I, yeah. Are you kidding betwixt me? Betwixt in between was like a saying. What do you mean or, betwixt in between? I don't know. That's what they, I'm they would just say. And so fans are going to be mad. You think, at me. I think that was, game wouldn't say the word betwixt? <laughs> that I game like, should okay, be called betwixt. I feel like in the 17 game titles I've read, I would have seen betwixt in there if they were going to really lean into it maybe they've moved away from it in sure. recent games to be fair also half of the characters have x's in their names so true and betwixt is an anagram of between so it makes sense it's not an anagram uh, don't worry about it uh, also it turns out <laughs> i was looking it up schwarzgeist is a reference to the einhander developers they worked on the gummy ship section of kingdom hearts 3 uh schwarzgeist was a ship in einhander for ps1 I think this is what like getting old feels like. Probably. Where you just reach a certain point where like words don't mean anything anymore. Uh, anyway, oh, moving they on. They made the gummy ship? Great. The gummy okay. ship, yeah. <laughs> moving on from the Nilfgeist, uh, which of these is real? Kitchen Nightmare, fail cuisine minigames 15 times in a row, or Master Chef, earn an excellent while preparing every type of cuisine. Is that Ratatouille? Yeah, that's with Remy. You know, Ratatouille is my favorite Pixar movie, and it's it's insane that there's a Ratatouille video game out on playstation 4 in 2019 that you will probably not play <laughs> that I, I could not find time for betwixt anything else in the world um i think the first one is real because master chef is a thing already then they'd probably get sued uh brian what so about is you? the kitchen you call me brian again <laughs> oh yeah kitchen nightmares kitchen nightmares also i want to go with, so. with a you're gonna you're gonna both say kitchen nightmares real or i'm gonna i'm gonna pivot to master chef you're saying master the last chef? second Master Chef is the real one. Yes, good pivot. That felt right, but That's I true. I went with both of those Fox cooking shows. Uh, moving We're on, even right? Yeah, it is a one to one tie. <laughs> uh, two trophies left. Killing it. Uh, which of these is real? Full swing, which is to fully power up every keyblade, or Blade Master, which is to obtain a keyblade that is fully powered up. You could do that. Just find one on the street. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You're supposed to return that to the lost and found. Some lose their keys. Uh, I'm gonna go with B. Blade a, Master A is the real say. one. Blade Master B is the real one. Congratulations, Max. Uh, moving in, we'll find out. I am the Blade Master. For that one question, sorry. Go ahead. You're fine, Brian. I love that you're just like staring at the Kingdom Hearts art, like trying it. to figure well, out. I was thinking about why Donald Duck doesn't wear pants, but Goofy does. It's this feels kind of like being at the doctor's office. Yeah. Yeah. These are questions that make me uncomfortable, but I feel obligated to answer them. Have you had experience with the Nilfgeist? <laughs> Yeah, I, not yeah. in the last six months. It's a That's disease I've been trying to get rid of. That's fair. Understandable. Uh, final <laughs> question, two to one, Max in the lead. Lasting memories, which is to hold on to 50 photos, or the friends we made, which is to take a photo of each world-specific party member. So either lasting memories, hold on to 50 photos, or the friends we made, which is to take a photo of each world-specific party I'll go B. Member. Yeah, B. You're both saying B is real? Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose, though. I have to go A. How old is Sora? 
Uh, in this one, that. I think he's like 16. Okay. Ish. I was going to say, I don't know how old that little boy is, but if he's like <laughs> nine and has an Instagram in that game, that's messed up. He, yeah, he's 16. I'm going to go with he's A. a weird Instagram on his gummy phone. He's You're saying young, A? Too young to be a NILF master. <laughs> God damn uh, The correct answer is A. So, Brian, on your last minute switch, you've tied it. We tied. You tied. Hey, so you both get right. three points for the a week. lightning round tiebreaker? Yeah. I don't have one. You can't pull some Kingdom Hearts trivia out of your ass. Um, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you say, can. Say, make up a character name and say true or false this character is in the game. Ooh. Um, you can even just name a dude from a Disney movie. Yeah. Uh, Zigbar. Really is he in the game? Is Zigbar in the uh, game? Is Zigbar a character in the game? Winner uh, will be... Who can tell me? True. You're going to say true? What are you going to say? I don't think Zigbar is a real dude. That's fake. Zigbar is real. Yes! He is the nobody. No! He's yes! the nobody no! of. Wait, wait. He's the nobody of Brag. <laughs> Another character. I'm going to go eat lunch, dude. Brag? <laughs> uh, anyway, that has been Trophy Talk Kingdom Hearts 3. Thank you all so much for watching the 578th episode of IGN Beyond, our weekly PlayStation uh, show. When we're not on the show, Brian, where can people find you? Brag. <laughs> In the break room. And Max, where can people find you? Uh, Nilf hunting. Fair enough. And I am just, just look for us on Twitter and Instagram. You'll find us. Uh, this has been Beyond. Thank you so much for watching. And as always, Nilfgeist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was a great show. Thank you, guys. That was really good. Uh. Hey, everyone. If you enjoy Beyond, please check out the new show, Humans Who Make Games. In partnership with IGN, Starburns Audio presents Humans Who Make Games, an intimate conversational podcast with the creators of some of the world's most remarkable games, hosted by comedian and lifelong gamer Adam Conover. Every Wednesday, a new guest joins Adam to talk about the games they've made and the human stories behind them. Humans Who Make Games, available every Wednesday on iTunes. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.